0: Welcome, everyone. This is Freedom International live stream, and with me are Hartmut Schumacher from Germany, Karl Moore from Ireland, Jan Katzavos from Canada, and Dr. Mary Elizabeth from USA, and yours truly from USA in Princeton, New Jersey. And we are so happy and most privileged and honored to have and wear your boots on the ground and above the ground because she's just kind of all over the place for good, good, good things. Okay, and that's Dr. Pam Popper. For well, most of you, especially for those of you who are view or awake, you know, you know her already. And I just want to tell Dr. Popper that in New Jersey, your name and make Americans free again are like synonyms. Or if someone <laughs> asks what. What to do. I said, what can we do? What can we do? The first doctor that comes out of their mouth is Dr. Pam Popper. Mm -hmm. So, and I I want to tell you that you've, you've been an inspiration and guidance because in New Jersey, we have those little packets of organizations, different counties doing things here and there. In fact, this week, We have um, a rally at uh, Rutgers University. And I know one of the speakers will be Del Big Tree. And that's a protest for the mandate of vaccines for college students. So they're coming out there. And in New Jersey, we have little packets of uh, nurses who get together as well. So thank you for everything that you do. And then- And if you want to know more, really, her website is um, that wellnessforumhealth.com. So she's an author of many books, but her latest book is that COVID operation, what happened, why it happened, and what's next. And she co-authored that with Shane Pryor. And she's been a speaker in, just let's just say, just ordinary things like this, Ordinary Forum, but she is not scared to be in the legislative area and she didn't become a speaker or a spokesperson for medical freedom just overnight or you know just last year so in short she's been fighting for people who wants to have that medical freedom against medical tyranny so um you have to give her credit and as her colleagues are dropping down going putting their heads buried under the ground and just as same thing with me them with the holistic nurses it seems like they all disappeared so here we are having that's come this conversation and hopefully you can join us so i uh, my first question would be dr pam popper please tell us all the good news that you could share about what's happening now what the, what the progress of our doctors coming together more, or, you know, I know you cannot say some things, but please inspire us.
1: Okay, well, there's lots, of, lots to be inspired about. I've been saying for a very long time that um, while we've all suffered a lot and some people immeasurable suffering, this is not going well for the people who planned it at all. Um, and it, from the beginning, it started falling apart. The whole world didn't lock down. You had outlier countries. And then here in the United States, we have this beautiful thing called the 10th Amendment. And so what it's meant is that the federal government would like to have a top-down approach to this and keep things locked down and keep masking and promote vaccines, all kinds of things. But, but the states get to decide what they wanna do And so I think about half of the states now either have passed or are passing laws against the vaccine passports. The passport won't work if most states don't do it, right? One of the things that I think is just delightful to watch, and I'll get to the legal stuff in a minute. That's what everybody wants an update on. But I'm enjoying watching the cruise ships floating around in the Caribbean that can't dock in Florida because DeSantis won't let them do the vaccine nonsense, right?
2: Well, they're going to have
1: two choices. These are their choices. They are either going to give that up and dock in Florida, or they're going to end up picking up passengers in Boston, which is going to double the size of the, the cost of the trip to go back down to the Caribbean. So there's lots of that going on. You know, right away when Texas opened up, they had an event with 30 some thousand people sitting cheek to jowl and nobody got sick. Well, that's hard to explain when you're trying to keep people scared. So that's the first thing that's going pretty well. The second thing is that um, on the lawsuit front, we keep filing and filing and filing and filing. So we have filed um, against the emergency declaration in Ohio, New Mexico, Maine, let's see, Maine, Kentucky, and Alaska, and within one week, Alaska lifted their restrictions and they specifically said, we don't want to go to court, okay? So that's about the quickest actions we ever had, Um, and we're we're getting ready to file a whole slew more of them. We also filed two against the federal government as well. But um, here in Ohio, if you take a look at what's happened since we got involved in intervention, We kept the second shutdown from happening. We were the model state. People don't realize that we were the model state for this because they needed a conservative Republican governor who would do well on all the TV stations and all that sort of thing. So we were the first state to shut down. We were supposed to be the first state to shut down the second time. We never shut down. He was talking about isolation camps. We never had those. He had a curfew he didn't enforce. We had a win in court that was kind of interesting. I'll share with you. It was with an attorney who we know, it was a restaurant in Ashland County that never followed any of the restrictions. And what was interesting, they got cited and cited and cited, then they tried to shut them down. And uh, the attorney said, we want proof that the mitigation works and that it's working in Ohio, and then we'll do it. And the prosecution didn't show up for the trial. So we think that the reason why wouldn't somebody show up for the trial, because they don't want to have to enter all this stuff into the court record. Nobody has any evidence that any of this crap works, right? So um, we worked with the legislature. This is the, the Tom Renz, our attorney, worked with our legislature and did get a bill passed. And so the legislature <laughs> would have been able to lift some of the mass mandates and all that at the end of June, and then we were due back in court with our amended complaint according to the judge's instructions. So we feel that had we been back in court with that, um, with that document, there would have been no way for the judge to do anything other than order the discovery. Right. So lo and behold, last week, the little emperor got up there. He's still peering over the lectern. He gets shorter every time you see him on TV. And he said that for no reason, Now he had had all these benchmarks set. And, And I do need to tell you this. He had planned for everything to be locked down for the summer. He canceled the Ohio State Fair in August. He canceled the Dublin Irish Festival in August. Big events, big national events. He canceled the arts festivals. They had a scheme for the farmers markets that literally you're going to stand in the middle of the street and people throw tomatoes at you to make sure nobody got too close. It was insane. Right. So he wasn't planning to do what he did. But last week, he said that um, we're going to open everything up, all the mask mandates, everything. He lifted the emergency order even. And um, we think that the reason he did that is because he could not afford to get back in court with us again, Mm -hmm. take the discovery. And then this all starts coming apart even faster. It's coming apart, but this would have definitely accelerated the process. The other thing is that um, Rand Paul knows our plaintiffs and our attorney in um, Kentucky. And I found it interesting that his line of questioning of Mr. Fauci last week sure did have a lot of elements of my COVID operation book because I wrote last August when we sent that publisher that the Chinese Wuhan lab was involved in this, the gain of function research that Fauci had authorized and the whole nine yards. So I think we're having some influence. We have 17 uh, states that have organized to have chapters, and um, we're going to keep filing and filing and filing and filing. (laughs) So just if you're a government official watching this, don't think that because you skated by here in Ohio, like with a margin, you you had about 24 hours more to do it don't think we're backing off because we're not so oh, we have an action in, in Hawaii also I forgot to mention Hawaii so uh, so stay tuned and we have some real shock and all type lawsuits coming to that they're not expecting so that's my story it's good, it's good. <laughs> Well, I'm so
0: glad you share that because in, in if we look at the bigger context it seems like nothing is changing but yeah. then look at the, the little things again that's happening because That's what will keep inspiring people to, as you said, if you just keep filing, 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 because some people say, okay, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. But yes, it does work. As you said, the plan doesn't get executed because now they're paying attention. Now, Dr. Popper, how about for those, how about for the the physicians who before, I remember even for nurses before the, the medical board might, they might be upset with people who talk about nutrition who talk about health, ah. and so anyone, And now, and now it seems like anyone who talks about real health, now the board is on them. The same thing as the nursing board, the board is on you. So, uh, if, are we making progress with that in terms of gathering or? you know, support from your colleagues.
1: Without without disclosing too much, I'll tell you some other interesting stuff. And one thing I have to mention, I want to go back to something you said that I think is really important. You mentioned that you look at this and it doesn't seem like much is happening, but a lot is when you look a little deeper, okay? Remember how we got into this thing. We didn't notice much happening, but things were going in a wrong direction until we ended up here. So sometimes, if you have a really good strategic plan, what you do is you just keep executing, executing, you know, you put one foot in front of the other. And, and often the plot, I've always thought of myself as a bit of a plotter, P-L-O-D-D-E-R. I plot along, you know, I'm not a flash in the pan type of thing as much as I am. I just keep at it and keep at it and keep at it and you get eventually what you want. I think that's our approach is to be very measured and strategic rather than very much more public busyness is not as important as strategy and being, you know, really doing things right. But um, to the point about the health professionals, we we ended up with a beautiful opportunity to get into that. So what happened is um, one of our experts and a very good friend of this movement, and some of you may have heard of this guy, Dr. Eric Naputi in Missouri. He's a chiropractor. He owns a chain of chiropractic centers. uh, all throughout the state. And he also put out some videos um, that should not be controversial. He's just in, and he had all I've watched the videos too uh, because we're getting involved in this. And, um, and like all responsible health professionals, hey, this isn't medical advice and you know you should always check with your doctor. I mean, you know he was not trying to play video doctor or anything like that, but he talked about vitamin D and some other things. And the Justice Department, the Federal Trade Commission filed a complaint against him. Saying that he violated, and I didn't even know we had this. It's the COVID Consumer Protection Act.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So what this
1: is, it's a censorship statute that was buried. You know those bills they pass in Congress that are like 2,000 pages and nobody mm-hmm. reads them. Okay, was it one of those? Mm-hmm. And essentially, what this does is it says, I'll give you just a translation. If you say something against the government's version of COVID, then you can be in violation of this act. And then they can come after you. Now, the Supreme Court. One of the nice things about this, there was a Supreme Court decision shortly after this complaint got filed, saying that there are no monetary damages for this kind of thing. So that's good. Eric doesn't have to worry about his kids being homeless or something like that. But um, but he filed a he's filing a countersuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has wonderful attorneys who are um, uh, representing him, and we're going to get involved in helping with that lawsuit because we think that part of the problem is the boards, and I'll get to that in a minute, but, but we should not be censoring health professionals of any type. The only way science moves forward is when you have open debate and they're trying to shut that down. And it, that's absolutely the worst possible thing you could do for the health of the American people. So we think that's an important case and we think that that will be the beginning of our entree into representing health professionals, licensed and unlicensed who no longer should be in fear of any type of prosecution or licensure revocation, because they are talking about something unpopular. And who gets to decide what's unpopular? But, you know, another example, I'll give you a couple of examples of people I'm concerned about. Uh, That doctor in Oregon who published his um, findings from his own practice on vaccinated kids compared to different schedule compared to no vaccinations. That's just reporting factual data and for the medical mm-hmm. board to take his license away is ridiculous. And then we have we have nutritionists and health coaches and people like that who are being, you know, charged with practicing something without a license. I mean, this is ludicrous too. So we gotta clean all that up. And and I and I think one of the things that I just kind of smile to myself is is boy, does the government give us a lot of opportunities to go after the government? <laughs> I mean, and, and a certain set, you know, my, my dad used to have a saying when when you talk about people who did bad things and gosh you want to get them, he goes, listen, if you let people alone long enough, they'll screw themselves right into the ground. And that's sort of oh, what's happening. Uh, so you know, I don't want to minimize. I mean it's a stressful thing for Eric to go through and all that kind of stuff, but but I think that if the government continues to just be the government, we'll we'll have some fun with this at a certain point in time because they're not unlike us. We're I think we're pretty strategic and measured. They're just flailing all over the place trying to keep control of this narrative, and it isn't working out so well. So, yeah, good (laughs) times are (laughs) ahead. I think. So, here,
0: (laughs) (laughs) good, good. So, here also, Dr. Um, Popper, we have a nurse, and she's a school nurse, and she was uh, suspended without pay for speaking out against the mask for the kids because she's seen it. And as a good nurse, she was speaking up like a child with a vomit on a mask. And so anyway, so so not just the board of nursing, board of medical, I think board of education be mm-hmm. involved in this too. So yeah. I thank you again and I, I'll pass it on to Hartmut so he, he can ask you a question.
1: Okay.
3: Thank you, Dr.
4: Papa. It's uh, it's very pleasure to hear how, how what's possible in the USA. For example, here in Germany, I think you are close to Dr. Rainer Föhmig. Yeah. And and, um, here in Germany, we had, for example, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a judge who decided that the school shall be free from masks. Yeah. And uh, you know this. And then uh, they made a house search because of right inflection here in Germany. And uh, now it's okay, but this was uh, scary at the moment. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, Germany is also opening up everything again. But in Germany, we have already one third of the people are, uh, are vaccinated, vaccinated already. And now, um, the what's the word? Uh, the Association of the Medical Doctors um, made the um, recommendation to the government that they shall uh, make false vaccinations to the children from 12 to 18 to 18 years. And the question is what is the situation about a false vaccination concerning children in the USA at the moment? and do you see, do you see um, a good chance that you can battle and win the case?
1: Yeah, um, in, in the United States, I know the laws are different in every country. In the United States, um, these were all approved under an emergency use authorization. They're not FDA approved. They're moving for yeah. FDA approval. But but that really negates the ability to force anybody to get the vaccine. And there are a couple of things I'll share with you that I think are kind of fun. Um, and that is that um, in numerous situations that I have personal knowledge of, uh, for example, a nursing home chain uh, in, in Ohio a man, man, put out a mandate for all employees to get vaccinated, and um, two-thirds of the nurses and employees signed a paper saying then we're all going to quit, and then they had to say never mind because you can't run nursing homes if two-thirds of your people aren't there. Um, another uh, very large institution became a vaccination site. They also started out with you have to get vaccinated, And um, then when people started coming in here, this door to get vaccinated and admitted to the hospital up there, they just got real quiet about the employees. It's like, maybe if we don't say anything, they won't tell anybody kind of thing. So we have that going on. We have some major chains, Costco, by the way, here, which is a major chain, they started out all hot and bothered with requiring vaccines for entry and vaccines in their employees. And somebody who works at Costco sent me a screenshot uh, or a, a picture of a sign in the break room for employees that said, we're not going to mandate everybody's personal health is their personal decision. Don't ask anybody questions. And um, one of my good friends who I uh, was working out with this morning uh, went to Costco and she's never worn a mask. She's you know been kind of a warrior Uh, my favorite line of hers is that one guy pointed to a sign and he said there's an ordinance that says that you have to wear a mask she goes i don't believe in ordinances and walked right in so anyway but she went to costco yesterday i guess and um, not only they'd taken the sign down about all this but they actually said um no mask required you know go on in she didn't have one on anyway so so the mask and the vaccine issue are kind of intertwined here and um, there's a lot of relaxing in that area Um, We are getting ready. We hired an attorney or another attorney joined our team is a better way to put it in another state and I won't say which one, but he's going to be filing um, against the airlines um, about the the, uh, mask mandate and against and also uh, against some companies about vaccine mandates when companies have overstepped their bounds. One thing that's making some companies back off here is OSHA, which is the like the um, the one that has guidelines for workplaces, our national organization, they actually said that um, if uh, companies mandate vaccines here in the United States, then they must keep track of injuries, which and they are all considered workplace injuries. So owning a business, here's what workplace injuries means. If it's a kitchen accident or something like that, workers' comp is gonna cover it. If you trip and fall on the sidewalk, then my insurance is gonna cover it. But um, I don't know who covers it if I mandate a vaccine and somebody goes into seizures and ends up paralyzed. I mean, I can't claim it. So so what am I gonna do? Do I pay for that? Well, that has caused a whole lot of employers here to say, we're not getting involved in this. I mean, one, one serious lifetime injury and that, that person's family is going to own my company. Who would do that to themselves, right? So um, there's a, if you, if you and I'll tell you a funny story. I have to follow this up with something that I think you'll enjoy hearing about. But the propaganda over here is that everybody's getting vaccinated. 40% of the country is vaccinated, not enough to go around and you know all that kind of stuff. So let me just tell you what's happening in my little corner of the world. So um, they closed all the vaccination sites about a month ago. I mean, these, they were set up to do thousands a day and like seven people are showing up and all that. So they closed them all down. And then, um, and they weren't getting, I mean, it was embarrassing because, you know, the press is showing up every morning to, you know, see the big lines, they're anybody there. And um, so then our our little emperor said, we're going to make it easy for people to get vaccines. We've got to get more people getting vaccinated. So we're going to have a mobile vaccine unit and it goes to work sites. All right. So, so they chose as the first place to take the mobile van. White Castle, which is a big company headquartered here, and they have 50,000 people or so in their building. And of course, lots of media show up, first day of the mobile vaccine clinic, you know, blah, blah. Eight hours, they were there, 12 people out of 50,000 came downstairs and got vaccinated. So then to try and spin the story, they said, well, you know, we were doing so good at the vaccine clinics. We didn't, you know, that's the problem. Everybody's been vaccinated. Well, if everybody was vaccinated, you wouldn't have to bring the van here in the first place, right? So so then the little emperor gets on TV the next day, and you probably heard about this all over the world. They're making fun of him. The vax a million, all right? So where you get put, you get vaccinated and your name goes in and they're going to draw five people who each get a million dollars. And then he's got some four-year college plan. So so that you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when I was a kid and my parents were trying to get me to eat something I did not want to eat like okra. And they say, if you eat this, you can have brownies. And you know what? My sister and I used to think what the heck is wrong with this food that they will give us brownies to make us eat it. Right. (laughs) That's what they're doing. That's exactly what the more they do this stuff, I think the more it's waking people up to say, you know, this is ridiculous. Right. And it is ridiculous and it's a waste of taxpayer money. So, so with that, the little emperor has now alienated all human beings in the United States. I mean, he has no fans. All right, <laughs> even his propaganda, you know, rag the Columbus. I call it the Columbus Disgrace. Its real name is the Columbus Dispatch. Even they've written some critical articles about it. So, um, so I guess all this to say that I think that there are a lot of lawsuits pending. We're not the only people doing this uh, about the mandates. Um, there are. All kinds of um, uh, all kinds of issues about liability and a great deal more refusal than I think they're letting anybody know about.
4: Brilliant! Thank you so much. And I saw this uh, show, Vax Life, which was uh, it's, uh, it's um, yeah, it's a topic for itself. <laughs> if you yeah. if you see this uh, with Jennifer Lopez and all the people, and uh, they try to em- try to emotional uh, force the people to vaccination. This is a real, real big pandemic. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're uh, welcome. (laughs) I'd post a
3: call. Thank you. (laughs) Hello, Dr. Popper. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Just making sure you could hear me there. Yeah, I was, um, the fact that things might be changing, I I think you're right. I kind of felt it in the last day or two. Uh, Probably what dropped at home was watching de Blasio uh, eat a burger to try to coax people to get it. <laughs> and I said, I was on the fence. I was on the fence till that point. Um, yeah, wow. it, it's yeah. just it makes me realize that that people are going to fall for that. People are motivated by that. I mean, two questions: Are people really motivated by that? And the other question is, uh, does he think that that's going to v- convince a lot of people? And 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 why? it just seems a big separation in minds between what the people want and what they want and it seems like their plans are uh if you go with that kind of strategy they're not gonna they're not gonna work i mean there's con there's contingency plans in all this of course you know uh they have things for people who don't want to get the shot uh, and, and all that so but beyond that it's it's the plan isn't really um uh, what is it? It's like uh, military intelligence. It's an oxymoron. The government's knowing everything. It's, are they competent? That's an oxymoron. Well, that's not really a, a, a phrase. Um, I suppose my question is, is, I'm kind of worried about what's happening in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I sort of feel that people are sort of rejoicing that things are changing now. This is what I'm feeling. It could be the summer. But I'm concerned about uh, shedding from the shots, and what may happen in the fall. I know this is it's not really the legislative thing, you're kind of concerned with, but it's part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, What what insight do you have on that?
1: Yeah, I thought about that a lot. And um, the first thing to comment on the, the, you know, who falls for the you get a free burger or donuts or whatever, right? The people who were susceptible to that. most of them got got the shots without having to be coerced. And I think what we learned from that is that the majority of people are not buying this nonsense because for a while it looked like it was most people buying in and then it got to the place where you think of maybe it's 50, 50. And now I think it's actually probably 70, thirty, and you've got thirty percent of the population of the world. That has essentially been very carefully and brilliantly, I might add, inducted into a cult. And I've done a lot of research on cults. And um, um, it, the people, and this is interesting, what I found out is that the people who are most susceptible to be inducted into a cult are the people who think that they're too smart to be inducted into a cult. Um, and the people who do the induction. Really know a lot about how to do it. So, so you've got your the COVIDians, as like as we sometimes refer to them here, that join the cult, and then you've got the rest of everybody. I think a couple of things. the The first thing is that um, I, I see a lot of misstatements being made on both sides of this vaccine issue. So you've got the safe and effective people. This fact, these vaccines are not safe. They're not effective, and they're in fact dangerous. All right. Then you've got people who are starting to make a lot of claims that some of which are true but are being misconstrued and some of which I think are hypothesizing and we should be cautious because if we start exaggerating like the other side is, we're going to have a problem with credibility. So, And I've learned that during 26 years of being in the um, healthcare information business, if you will, understate, don't overstate, right? So the first thing is that, from a practical standpoint, there's the there's the practical like what's going on, and then there's the what are they going to make of it issue. All right. So practically, what's going on, is we know from serology studies that were done um, last spring, that this virus actually started circulating in the fall of 2019. We know that this virus has a spike protein, and and we know that probably the majority of the population has been. Um, exposed to the virus with the spike protein—that's a characteristic of it. Okay, so any uh, vaccine, let's let's call it a vaccine because that's the terminology we use. But these vaccines contain um, a spike protein because that's characteristic of the virus. So that you can't avoid it you cannot avoid exposure to the spike protein because if i decide to go to the grocery store this afternoon and i'm standing there picking out bananas next to somebody who either is a is an asymptomatic person or got the vaccine i could get it there so so this idea that you're going to somehow avoid it i think we've we all you do then is you panic people i've got better stay in the basement for 20 years cuz i if i have, if i interact with people i'm going to be exposed now it'll be interesting to see what happens but if they decide to try the sec- another wave like there's another variant and by the way I found a study in July of 2020 it was published last year that said that by then they had identified 543,000 mutations so this idea you know that that there's a variant it's just great. You know, and the other thing too is viruses don't kill their hosts because then they got no place to live. So that's another thing that, you know, Mr. Fauci must've skipped this part of medical school where they talk about virology. So maybe he'd like to take that class again through our school. We'd offer him free tuition so he would stop being a moron on TV. But, um, but anyway, if they were to decide that they're going to lock everything down again, I don't think that they're going to get away with it. In other words, you might have the the um, you know the, the, the really bad governors, uh, Cuomo, Whitmer in Michigan. Um, another terrible bad actor is this Kate Brown in Oregon. She's just a common criminal. New Jersey, where you are, all right? You might have Murphy lock people down again, Waltz up in Minnesota. But you're never gonna get DeSantis to lock down Florida. You're never gonna get Christy Noem to do it. You're never gonna get uh, uh, Ducey in Arizona to do it. So and and I don't think that people in those states are going to fall for it this time. I mean, the the, the one problem, and I said this from the beginning, public health should be respected to the point that if something really were going on and we all needed to hunker down and avoid getting killed, we would listen. Right now, confidence in public health, like I read someplace, the the CDC has like a 24% approval rate in the United States. Even some of the sheep don't like the CDC at this point, right? so so i i just don't know how they ever get it done because there would just be too much not obeying and i'll tell you this i found out through our make americans free again thursday groups all over the country the level of civil disobedience is on a scale that our rulers never had any idea the reason why more people aren't out of business and unemployed is because there is a very strong um percentage of people like us we never shut anything down we never wore masks here and the further away you were from a major city in the united states the more of the underground staying open activity was going on you know so they, they didn't get as much compliance as they would have you believe this first time i don't think they get much if any at all the second time around
3: yeah i was just um <clears throat> well last night i was uh, i was kept awake um Because it was young people partying out and about, um, which is quite surprised. They were like celebrating because we had the reopening of everything on Monday, which was yesterday. So I was surprised. People were just walking around. I couldn't get parking in town. It It was just like one day it's all masks and everybody's freaked out. And the next day it's sunny and they're out and about just enjoying stuff. And it's... It's like it, it, you know. It shows me that uh, <clears throat> all those people, either they really believe how the government, you know, one day the virus is active and then the next it's not, uh, or else they 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 didn't they never bought into this at all at, from the beginning. So it's good to see. I mean, what you're saying there is so many people. I mean, Hartman just showed a map there of, of it's like so many states that don't have masks or vaccines or anything like that mm-hmm. that's just you don't hear that on the media which is fantastic yeah well i mean it's it, it's not fantastic you don't hear it on the media it's fantastic it's happening
1: um, right and, and what, what we don't know is going to happen you know I, I find this interesting when i was looking into the cult um thing and some of it we already knew like you knew about jim jones they all committed suicide at the end you can convince cult members to do a lot of things so i consider the members of the cult fairly dangerous to us right but um if you take a look at the amount of deprogramming and reintegration into society once somebody's been inducted into a cult for a long period of time it's significant like some people require inpatient care i don't know what's going to happen to 50 million american adults who are flipped out and i'll share a story with you just to let you know what we're in for we're in for another kind of crisis so um, a new person I met, and by the way, I've been talking a lot about the fact that, that we're all having a great reset in our own lives, sometimes for the better, purge people who you don't belong with anymore and make new friends, right? So this woman who I've gotten to know a little bit by the name of Layla Sentner owns a school in Florida and um, called the Sentner Academy. And from the beginning, she said, we're not going to put masks on children. We're not going to social distance their children, for crying out loud. And so they've had perfectly normal school, all right? And this happens to be a a pretty interesting school because they pay attention to emotional intelligence not just memorizing math and all that kind of thing so long story short she made the national news because she asked her teachers not to get vaccinated until after the school year was over because she was concerned about um, some of the stories she was hearing you know about uh, women menstruating and all that sort of thing so they beat her up pretty bad in the news about that but um, in an interview she mentioned that um, she's always encouraged parents to drop off their kids to spend a day in a classroom to see how they like it before they enroll their kids, very expensive school. So this little boy came in who was, I think he was seven or eight years old, if I remember her interview, right? And he was wearing a mask, of course. So he walks into a room of like 14 or 15 children and they're being kids, right? So they don't have masks on, they're sitting at their desks and they're playing and hugging each other. I mean, you know how kids are, you put a bunch of kids in a room and it's fun, right? I love being around kids. And uh, he had a panic attack. His parents had to come and pick him up. In other words, this is a child who thinks that normal childhood behavior is scary, OK? So so we I don't know what's going to happen. My, I think our concern mm-hmm. is going to shift to um, how we deal with dysfunctional people who bought this, who have been inducted into the cult. The cult is abandoning them now. The cult has said, take the masks off, go back to normal. The the cult, um, uh, some of the cult, uh, really good um, leaders, like Costco and the retailers are saying, no, you can come in without a mask. Nope, there's not going to be any vaccine So these people have been brainwashed into thinking that this stuff had to be done in order to be safe, and now they're finding out, huh, it's just all going away. That doesn't make any sense to a member of a cult who's thinking that the cult has a plan, we're following the plan. All these people who aren't following the plan, they're dangerous, they're dangerous. They're not doing anything to them. So yeah, I think we're in for some interesting times along that
3: line. Yeah, good point. I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, damage just from the what's happened. Um, yeah. That's a whole that's a whole other area. Um, just in the sake of time, thank you very much, Dr. Popper. I'm going to pass you on to Mary.
2: Yeah, thanks, Dr. Popper, for being here. And for anybody that doesn't know, you put out and um, even your emails. You do videos every week, short videos on BitShoot and YouTube. Um, which are very informative and always appreciate kind of your candidness and, uh, you know, the work you do with make Americans free again. And here with this international group, I think it really applies, you know, in all countries in the sense of making people free again. And, you know, we all care about our health and our medical freedom is, you know, in the United States, so closely related to um, our amendments, our free speech. If you're censored and you don't have the right for people, for doctors to speak up, you're not getting to hear um, important things about your health and really getting to make informed decisions as well as your freedom of movement and all that is tied into your health and to kind of focus on that central issue of how we can be be free again and um as i appreciate the work you're doing and i wanted to ask um the the lawsuits that you have going on right now like around the country and focused on bringing to light the lockdowns that were done you know with the knowledge that people had in power that those were not necessary to be done for a true emergency. And, you know, I wonder what if, you know, if there is, if if those lawsuits get far enough, they're going to want to shut you down. They're not going to want to let them, you know, go to court and, and overturn everything and have, you know, the, the big people kind of taken out. So is there something that, you know, we could do to kind of prevent, no matter even if there is an emergency, um, we can't have our freedom of speech taken away, we can't ha- um, be be censored, we can't be locked up, we can't have to say, you know, you have to stay in your house. Is there something um, that we can do legislatively to help prevent if there is a true emergency, um, you know, with a lot of people dying in casualties, that we still just can't have all our rights just taken away, you know, willy-nilly?
1: Yeah, well, the legislatures are pretty useless, and the vast majority of the changes that are being made are being made by governors that either do the right thing or are forced to do the right thing, like what happened in Ohio. Um, So I'll tell you where I am on legislatures. I get an email every three days. Somebody asks me to call my elected officials, write to your elected officials. I would rather lay on the couch and read magazines than write to my elected officials. At least I'd get a break from work and I'd feel refreshed at the end because talking to these people is nonsense. They don't care. The only thing they care about is being there, and until we have a database that's big enough that we can threaten to remove them, they're not going to do anything for us. They watched this all go on last year during an election year and did nothing. They're pathetic, useless human beings, okay? Bill Gates talks about useless eaters. We got them sitting in every Capitol building in the United States of America right now, and they need to go. Most of them need to go. The thing that we do, in my opinion, the first thing is that um, this is, my, my deal is a recruiting thing. We have to recruit 80 million people into a database who could be sorted by legislative district and we gotta start getting rid of these useless people. In the meantime, we file lawsuits and, and the key is you're very right about the fact that, that there are some courts that, aren't, that are corrupt and that sort of thing. But my thing is we'll file and we'll file and we'll file and we'll file. You file 150 of these lawsuits and we understand We only need one judge in the whole United States of America to give us discovery because I don't need to depose Fauci a hundred times. Just once will do. I don't need for the CDC to deliver the documents to 36 locations. Just one will do because we're all, all the attorneys are working together under our umbrella who are involved with this particular effort. So, so, and the, and there's some interestingly good judges, showing up in strange places like Dr. Shiva, it's not a, a COVID-related, it's an election-related lawsuit, is in Massachusetts. Massachusetts is a place, the last place you think you're going to find a good judge. He actually is in front of a good judge and has made some great decisions, law-based decisions, on Shiva's behalf. So, um, so the key is they will not be able to shut us down because we're just going to be too darn prolific. See, people forget, I used to be a sales trainer before I was in healthcare. And you know what I used to, I used to take bad salespeople and turn them into good salespeople. And you know how we did that by getting their activity levels up, because a good, a bad salesperson who talks to enough people can be a good salesperson by virtue of both practice and making numbers work for him. So we file a hundred actions. We get discovery one time. I don't, I only need to be 1% effective and I'm, I'm better than 1%, but even if I'm the worst in the world, I'm going to get what I want. Okay. So. Um, and in the meantime you know an issue of people often ask about this about personal safety we're just careful you know i don't go places by myself and i don't have any time anyway it worked out really well i need to be accounted for every minute of my waking day and somebody's got something for me to do every minute of my waking day so we don't have to worry too much about me wandering off right
2: yeah thanks thanks fam and right now what is the best way that i know you have the thursday groups so what given the current you know, climate and what you have going on with the different lawsuits, what's the best way for people to get involved?
1: Well, the first thing, is you mentioned, I send out a newsletter and four videos a week. That's all free. You can subscribe by emailing pampopper at msn.com. Um, the second thing is I do a conference call every Thursday at noon Eastern time, during which I train people to get involved, how to get involved with us, how to start Thursday groups. The Thursday groups are more than just raising money for lawsuits. We're, we're doing small business rescue, which is a big part of what we do um support and and even when things unlock you know we people say well that everybody's going to be able to go back in business listen if you're back in business but you or occur uh, you owe a quarter of a million dollars in back rent and everything else we got to get out there and help these people right so so anyway noon on thursday conference call every week that i train people and then um, I'm hiring a um, coordinator in the office for small biz- for our, our uh, Thursday group program. We have thousands of them all over the country. So we gotta have somebody who's not me helping these people on a daily basis. So we're actually creating a position for that right now. So, um, so that's what to do, uh, get involved. And, and this is something I wanna say too, that I think it's real important to bring out regardless of what country you live in. I think part of our problem and how we ended up in this mess is that people talk about grassroots they talk about getting active they talk about a lot of things but what people have thought action you know grassroots and political action was involved was i'm going to put my name and email uh, um, uh, address into a database and send 25 dollars then these good people will tell me what they're doing right report back to everybody i'm changing the dynamic i'm basically saying look 12 people in ohio can't save the whole country So everybody has to recruit. Everybody has to start a Thursday group. Everybody's stepping outside their comfort zone. We all have to do this, right? Everybody works. And so for the first time in my adult life, I'm actually seeing what grassroots is really all about. It's these little gatherings in people's homes. It's one person calling another person. You know, you mentioned the censorship. I don't care about the censorship. The censorship has been great. You want to know why censorship is great. Let me tell you why. With Facebook taking everybody down, all right. And you can't say anything controversial. You've got to be careful what you say on YouTube, on and on and on. It's forcing people to do something that they need to do, which is talk to each other. Communication is not posting something on Facebook. Communication is when I call a friend and say, hey, Mike, how are you? Great. What's going on? What do you think of this? You think it's ridiculous? Great. I do this thing on Thursday night. I want you to come to me my meeting. That is communication. And if we we have to get our country back to that type of community building, and that's that's how we'll keep these people from ever doing it again. If we'd had that fabric of community established, everybody would have said, we're not doing it. And then they would have been done, right? So so the censorship, I celebrate censorship. I hope they keep deplatforming platforming everybody because it's forcing us to speak to one another, to network with one another, to get on platforms that don't do that where we're actually meeting our tribe when you put something on Facebook, half the people looking at it or YouTube hate you, hate what you're doing. Okay, you go over here where your tribe is and you talk to people of like mind, and gather those people up. It's it's actually been a blessing in disguise. So I kind of like the criminals in a way. They've uh, they've given us some great opportunities if we take advantage of them.
2: Yeah, and when you get censored, it kind of it's a positive thing in a way you feel like you know you're really getting the target.
1: I must really be putting the good stuff out there, right?
2: <laughs> and one more question before I pass it over to Grace. Um, what is your favorite strategy to, uh, I'm going to use the term red pill somebody, you know, somebody who has no idea that there could possibly be a conspiracy or something going on. What is? I know I've tried you know, just saying different things, some
1: articles, points, stats. What's your favorite way? I don't. I leave them alone, um, and I learned that I've been in business 26 years, and for 26 years, actually, nothing's changed for me. And I and I think this is worth taking just a minute to explain. So, in my pre-COVID life, I would write an article, referenced article, and post a video about something like this: um, the risk of being harmed by a mammogram by getting mammograms is three to ten times higher than the chance of benefit. And then. Um, Lots of citations. Okay, So here's what would happen. Several people would email me and say, I've always known there's something wrong with that. I've never thought it was right. I had a, a false positive three years ago, blah, blah, blah. Then people would write all capital letters screaming at me, my sister is only alive because of immigrant. You're killing people with this kind of advice. Somebody should lock you up. And then an oncologist would write to me and say, you don't treat breast cancer patients, so you have no right to say it, as if I can't read these statistics in an article. There's some kind of special oncology statistics class. Well, actually, there is one where you don't look at any outcomes data. That's the oncology statistics class in the US, right? So, So this is the same thing. And and the reason I bring that up is that the market, and I knew this when I went into this, this COVID thing, our market at Wellness Forum Health has always been the person who knows something is wrong. Okay, and is looking starting to investigate alternatives. And then they find somebody like us, and we start showing them information and how to look at information, because we're not trying to steer them in any direction. We're trying to say, Look, I, you know, you don't go to, nobody lets a car salesperson say you're too stupid to buy a car, so this is what you're going to drive. Well, you shouldn't let that happen in healthcare either. So what we're trying to say to people is, I don't have a horse in this race. I'm just going to show you how to read the medical literature so that you can make a choice. And so when somebody, let's go to the oncology example, says, well, I looked at this study based on how you showed me how to do it, Am I missing something or is this, does this say I'm going to live 12 weeks longer if I have this treatment? I'm 44 years old. I don't want to live 12 weeks longer. I'm looking for 50 more years of life. No, that's exactly what that says. Well, I'm not doing this. I'm not telling the person I'm helping them see. So that's always been our market. And I think that what we have to realize here is the sheep have been inducted into a cult. And so if you can just imagine if you're, if your sister had been with Jim Jones, you couldn't have pulled her out of the camp and said let me talk some sense into you and she would have followed you home okay she probably would have consumed the Kool-Aid and killed herself before that and that's what we're dealing with so i think we leave those people alone i don't know what we're going to do with them when they come out of their stupor i'm very concerned about it but we have to we have to spend our energy going after the people who are of like mind and rounding them up so
5: John, Hi, sorry about that. Um, I guess Mr. Trudeau does not like me uh, talking to <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my internet just, just came back right now. I'm on my phone, actually. Um, I do have a lot of questions for you, Dr. Popper. Um, first and foremost, thank you so much for all the hard work that you've been putting in the last couple of months. Um, I have been paying attention and up here in Canada, we are paying attention. Just last weekend, we had here in Toronto, a um, for the Freedom March, we had anywhere between 50 and 100,000 people. And our amazing mayor...
0: Oops. Oops.
5: They help, uh, see, they don't like me, they don't like me. <laughs>
1: So your
5: mayor, uh, tell me about your mayor. Um, he's actually said that he's going to be l- looking to put um, uh, more lockdowns and finding all the organizers for the for the freedom for the freedom march. Yeah. Do you think Do you think that the politicians are using um, the lockdowns as punishment for people who are not? of not following the rules.
1: Yeah, they, of course they're. They're using the lockdowns as an excuse to install totalitarianism and communism. And, and the way you fight that is you don't do it. You know, and, and by the way, one thing I'll say, because I think this is really important, and if we run a few minutes over, I can text my assistant and tell her about just a few minutes, but but um, I think something we need to talk about and we need to encourage everybody to, to consider is that it is difficult to represent people who comply. It's becoming increasingly Mm -hmm. difficult for me. Like I'm working my rear end off 20 hours a day. I'm risking my reputation, my financial stability, a lot of things to do this. I'm not complaining about it and happy to do it. But what I do get tired of is is, um, people saying, I'm doing this, but when are you gonna get it to stop? Okay, well, it'll stop faster if you stop doing it, all right? In other words, if you don't want your kids wearing masks at school, pull them out enough people pull their kids out of school, there won't be any masks in school because there won't be any kids in school, and then they'll start asking, what do we have to do to get the kids back? And, and I, d- I did a video on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day last year, I can't remember which, where, where I said, I don't understand the fascination with Costco. I don't. All right. I've never been in one of those stores, and somehow I managed to get to be 64 years old, and I think I'm fine. All right. Now, that's a subjective judgment. Other people might tell you something else, but I have somehow survived without ever walking into that store. And so I, I don't understand, like, like I watch these protests all over the world. You get a million people gathering someplace, then they go home and they comply. If those million people stood in the street for about six weeks, taking turns to go to the bathroom and take a shower, this would be over fast. If those million people just opened their businesses the next day and said, "You arrest all of us. Here's a million people. Where are you going to put us? You going to machine gun us down? They have no capacity, they, the criminals behind this, to deal with a million dissidents at the same time, or even 100,000 or even 40,000. And so I think that it, Canada is in such trouble, in my judgment, much more than we are here. That I think what has to happen is massive civil disobedience, where people say, we're going to have a rally, we're going to have 100,000 people, and those 100,000 people are going to never not comply. Let's see if we can grow it to 200,000 people, to 300,000 people until until the system is so overwhelmed that there's nothing you can do about it I mean that th- there's just and that's the answer and that you guys could end this you in know a, in, a, in about a week in my opinion
3: uh, I totally agree
5: um, now by trade I'm actually a personal trainer and my entire practice since 2008 has been everything has been holistic uh, I try to do everything. You know, as clean as possible for people, and I always have my thing with the FDA, and I'm trying to get a good handle on the FDA, but it's so hard to get to get a good handle on that or on, on that, on them. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, a couple months ago, they banned a protein a protein powder uh, here in Canada. Well, us getting it from the U.S because it was apparently too nutritious for people to be consuming. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. They know more about our health, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. They demonstrate it every day. I'm so reassured.
5: But the thing that throws me off is that, I think it was like last week or the week before, the FDA has actually banned all the vaccination shots. (laughs)
1: Hmm. I don't know. They
5: said they have to pull them all off the markets. They're not supposed to be, uh, 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 you know, giving the people. Have you heard anything about that?
1: I haven't heard anything about that, but nothing would surprise me. And part of what you do in a situation like this is try to destabilize people by continually changing the rules. And so nothing would surprise me. Uh, you know, open everything up, lock everything down. And again, uh, here in the United States, that they're just, it's like herding cats trying to control this population. And I think the Canadians need to get a little more Uh, (laughs) cat-like. Go out there and become hard to herd, you know. And and even, we we found out a lot that we learned through this. I think I mentioned before that there seems to be much more non-compliance than we knew, particularly when you get outside the major cities. But even in the major cities, um, you know, w- one of the things that uh, we figured out that was going on is that when things would get a little bit lax and they, they are lax, they were lax, um, they'd pick a target, like a public target, they go after them. And then they get a lot of publicity through the propaganda. And then that would scare, it, it would make people more careful and scare some people, um, but they really weren't wholesale going out after people we figured that out a long time ago and so um so this is, and that i think that's another reason why our little emperor he was under pressure from the legislature he was soon going to have a big problem in court but i think the other thing is he was looking more and more impotent because um you know how long can you not show up in court on these cases. How long can you stage a raid every month and get coverage and scare people with it? It was all wearing off. You know what I mean? So um, I think the regulatory agencies will probably try some more things, but I think that every time they try something, it has a weaker response than it did before. And my uh, again, I'll just stress my advice to the Canadians is massive disobedience. Massive. To the place where they can't do anything about it
5: that's going to be very hard for canadians because i'm living in i'm living in it and it's there's a lot of people that don't agree with it but a lot of people don't want to talk about it just well, want to hide in their hole and just that's
1: where you got to start your thursday groups because the thursday groups is where people gather and gain strength from each other and that gathering that we started doing a year ago, I mean, I'm watching people do stuff that they never thought of doing before. And and you create this, the other thing too, that's how you build your resistance movement really big, but you create this um, uh, this ecosystem that, that's under the radar screen, like while this was all going on, we were we weren't supposed to gather and all that kind of stuff we had fundraisers with 400 people everybody knew where to go to get everything done without masks and temperature taking in the whole nine yards we had arts festivals and farmers markets and it's like this whole underground society you know, that was going on and it kept people sane. And then the people who lost family members and friends over the whole thing, they came here and they made more family members, new new friends and family kind of people. And so um, I think that building these, uh, we're gonna be building these Thursday groups even after every state in the United States is set free because first of all, we have to fund the lawsuits and we gotta, and I think the next motivation will come from making the criminals pay for what they did. I think that's gonna motivate people as much as getting ourselves free Um But th- this community action thing is so important. And, and that's our best insurance in case they do try another lockdown is just millions of people who belong to the groups who say not doing it, just not doing it. No, we will not comply. If we'd done that from the get go, this would have been over in six weeks. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Doctor Popper, just one quick question from the audience, if you can. There's actually two, but one. Do you can do you? What's your thoughts about what's happening in India? And then what's your thought about uh, their banning? I believe the NAC. You know.
1: Well, uh, that's they ban anything that's good for you. They're going to try to ban. <laughs> Remember, they ban they they discredited hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And I think what's going on in India is vaccination. I think that's what the problem is. They've, they've, uh, the population is bigger. They've vaccinated more people, and that's what's causing all of this. Um, I've watched some very interesting uh, videos from India, where in the, uh, in the villages, the rural areas, they're actually like running the vaccine mobile unit out of town. Like they're throwing sticks and, st- I'm not condoning violence, but they're throwing sticks and stones at the doctors and nurses and making them get in the van and like drive away. Um, so the rural people seem to have a bigger understanding. I think it's because they've been victimized by Gates's vaccines program in the past and they're very wary about it. Um, but I think that's what's causing this. And, um, because if you take a look at, I've seen, looked at some of their data and, and they, they were kind of really low in terms of mortality and then they started vaccinating. It went right straight up. And that's, by the way, that's happened, not just in India, but in other places too, happened in the UK.
0: Thank, thank you very much, Dr. Popper. Even for this shorter time, it's powerful, and we really appreciate everything you do. And we'll do our best to also be the boots on the ground so that everything will come together. Okay, and that's that's more wisdom for everyone.
1: Yes, absolutely, and thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, we'll we'll do it again. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.